I've been requested to speak on a subject this morning that is uh, near and dear to our hearts. And uh, it's something that we've, we have studied before as a, as a group, as a congregation. And every time we look at it, certainly there's other things that we see that we had not seen before. So the subject is the rapture. And, uh, and we won't finish it this morning, but we want to see, you know, okay, what, what is the rapture? What is it talking about? And who uh, will be included in this rapture? Uh, will it be uh, everyone? Will it be all the Gentiles? Will it be some of the Jews? Uh, will be the entire church, will be part of the church. So these are some of the things we would like to look at and, and discuss as we uh, look at this once again. I'll start out, and of course there are many that do not believe in rapture. They say the word's not in the Bible, and certainly it is not in the Bible. But the word uh, rapture is just a term describing certain events that will take place. And uh, these uh, events that will take place, uh, you, you could call it a certain one of the resurrections if you want to. If you don't want to use the word rapture, you can say one other resurrections because there's different resurrections in the scriptures. But I think if we use the word rapture, everybody knows what we're talking about. Even those that don't believe in it knows what we're talking about. So I'm going to use the word rapture. I'm comfortable with it. But it's speaking, uh, what it represents is that the Lord will return and call out a certain number to meet him in the clouds of the air. And at this time also, or just previously before that, the, there will be graves opened. And uh, the uh, bodies will be joined with the spirit. These that will be raised from the church, I like to call them candidates for the bride. Uh, so as we, as we go through this and look at this, I'd like to, uh, first, is it scriptural? And yes, I believe it's scriptural where I wouldn't be talking about it. But I'd like to learn more details about the rapture, and who will be raised at this time and so forth. Uh, when? We want to look at when it's going to be. And do we know? Well, we can't give you a date on the calendar but we know it'll be after certain things, and we know it'll be before certain things. So that's, that's where we can narrow it down to as far as that goes. Uh, sometimes I think I or we are a little bit absent of the first apostles. They thought, and we'll read some of that, they thought it's taking place now. I mean, the Lord had just been crucified or even before, and they thought it's, it's taking place now. Sometimes we think, well, you know, Maybe someday, and of course that is true, maybe someday, but uh, uh, I think sometimes we're a little different than the apostles. But since nobody knows, uh, we can't say they were wrong or we're wrong 
or maybe we can't say they were right or we are right. Maybe that might be a better way of saying it. But uh, they thought he was coming immediately. In fact, some of them thought they'd already missed it. And uh, we want to uh, uh, bring that discussion. Uh, what do we look for? How do we know we haven't missed it? We'll look at those things. Do it teach us to frighten people? Well, I think there was a movie out. I never saw it about uh, missing the rapture or something, then they're just left here or something like that. I don't, certainly don't teach this to frighten anybody, just the opposite, that we may have comfort in this. So some that do not believe in rapture, and I, uh, one individual, I uh, uh, listened a lot of what they had to say, and they said, well, when the, uh, when the Lord went to, to be with the Father, the next time he comes is when he comes uh, and, and the mountain split and he comes to fight that battle of Armageddon. And that's, uh, I started to say half true. Uh, yeah, that's half true, okay? That's half true. Uh, he will come and he will come uh, at, at this battle of, of Armageddon and everything, and he'll come back to the earth at that time. That is true. But the rapture would take place before that. And I said, well, how can it take place before that? This is the first time he comes back. And we'll, we'll discuss that. So, so uh, when I said there's some truth to it, when he says the first time the Lord comes back to the earth, he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon. And that is true or half true. Uh, but let's look at that. Revelation chapter 19. We'll be spending a lot of time in Revelation this morning. Revelation chapter 19. And uh, let's start in verse 11. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses and clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he uh, should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. So he's coming back. So uh, a wine press, I don't know that I've ever actually seen one. Uh, David's family has an uh, apple press making apple cider. We used to do the grinders apples and had this wooden uh, basket thing and, and, and put those apples in there and then you put that press down on there and you squeeze it, squeeze it all that out of there. I wouldn't want to be in there. But anyway, so wine press, I assume, is something similar uh, to that. 
But uh, as he returns, he goes, rule with a rod of iron and treadeth uh, the winepress of the fierceness of wrath of Almighty God. Uh, doesn't sound pleasant, does it? But now, the individual did say, this is the first time the Lord comes back to the earth. That is true. That's the first time he comes back to the earth. But the bride, the bride of Christ, does it sound like he's coming for his bride? Uh, I used to go pick up Dolores on dates and things, and I didn't go with with uh, my eyes and 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 uh, so forth as a flame of fire and everything like that. So yes, this is the first time he comes back to Earth. But what about what about his bride? Does he come in this manner for his bride? And let me just ask you this. As far as the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, no, let me, let me change this a little bit. As far as, him, as far as him coming back for his bride, what will you be looking for? Would you be looking for this? His eyes like a flame of fire, or his head were many crowns. Uh, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, with it he should smite the nations, rule them with a the rod of iron, tread the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Is that what you would be looking for? What, what would you be looking for? I want to go, and I've done this before, and hold your place, we'll be coming back to this, but uh, Song of Solomon, I want to go just read there something, and that's uh, what after Ecclesiastes, after Proverbs and Ecclesi Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, and I've been uh, looking at this for some time, Song of Solomon, I'd like to to do a series on uh, the Song of Solomon. I'm not ready to do that series yet. But this morning, I want to, so I want to read in, in chapter 2 of Song of Solomon. And we're not going to try to explain it or anything this morning. I just want you to listen to the tone. This is a, a representation of the bride and the groom. And uh, I believe it's representation of Christ and his bride. Now, we already read in Revelation, eyes of flame of fire, the sword coming back to, uh, to uh, uh, well, complete or enforce uh, the wrath of Almighty God as a wine press. So that is one of his comings. But is that what you're looking for? I mean... Uh, see, what was it? I, uh, shoot, I can't think of it now. But many people fear 
about the coming of the Lord. Uh, I had one individual used to work for me, and I don't talk much religion there at all. Somebody else brings it up, I will. But uh, I, I made a funny... I, anyway, I was talking about the rapture, and, or come, the coming of the Lord. And she, like, just closed her ears, and she didn't want to hear, you know, anything about it. Uh, oh, I know what, now come to me what I wanted, wanted, wanted to say. A place that Dolores and I used to vacation a lot, and we haven't much several years. But there was a sign, billboard, more than one, actually. But it said, warning, Jesus is coming. So that's something that would... You know, I, I see signs, warning, high voltage electricity. Well, that's, that's scary. I don't want anything to do with that. Warning, Jesus is coming. So is that what we read in Revelation there? Uh, so is that, what your, is that what your vision looks like to you? Warning, he's coming. So, again, I, I've almost wanted to do some graffiti on that sign. I want to get me a, a ladder and a can of paint. and says, hallelujah, Jesus is coming. But anyway, they had warning, Jesus is coming. But I want to read something else to you. So what we read in Revelations, I do not believe, well, I'm positive, that's not the Lord coming back for his bride. That's the first time he comes back to the earth. But that's not how he's going to come for his loving bride. I want to read here in Song of Solomon. Like I said, I'd like to make a full study of this book uh, sometime in the future. I'm not uh, going to uh, explain this. I just want to read and just listen to the tone of this. It's, it's the words that the bride would speak and words that the groom would speak. And I'm not even going to sort that out. Just listen to the tone. And then compare that in your mind, what we read in Revelation, where him coming back with the eyes of flame and fire and so forth. See if it doesn't sound different. And this is what we should be looking for in Song of Solomon, not, not what we read in Revelation. So let me read it. Uh, uh, chapter 2, I think I'll just read the whole chapter. Uh, again, not going into details, but just listen to the tone of it. Uh, Song of Solomon's 2 and starting in verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with cakes of raisins. Comfort me with apples, for I am sick with love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor awake my love till it please. The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh, leaping among the mountains, skipping among the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart, 
Behold, he standeth behind our wall and looketh forth at the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. We do want to remember that verse especially. For lo, the winter's past, and the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing and of birds has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O oh, my dove, who art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Take us, uh, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. Until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of uh, Bethere. So, again, without going into details and all that, doesn't that, doesn't that make you just have a nice, calm, wonderful feeling? And I don't, I don't like to go on feelings a lot in scriptures, uh, but I just want you to compare that with what we read in Revelation. His eyes as a flame of fire. And uh, uh, so we make that comparison there. And uh, again, there, there is no comparison. But again, I believe what I am looking for is what we read in Song of Solomon. That's what I picture. It is coming. I don't picture what's written in Revelation. Now, what's written in Revelation is true, and it will come to pass. But what are you looking for? Are you looking for what we read there in Song of Solomon? Is that what comes to your mind when you think about the coming of the Lord? Or do you, does that billboard come to mind? Warning, Jesus is coming. Where can I hide? Again, back in Revelations 19, verse 12. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So... Uh, Is that what you're looking for? Is that what we should be looking for? Now, again, what I read there, that is the first time the Lord comes back to the earth. So you can ask a lot of questions when you say, well, if that's the first time he comes back to the earth, then uh, the bride will, uh, will uh, not be taken out or... She'll have to go through the tribulation or there's no such thing as the rapture at all. You can say a lot of things. 
But this is the first time he comes back to the earth. That is true. But did you notice, and, and I love reminding myself of this and bring it to, to light. Whenever he does come back, and again, this is the first time he comes back to the earth. But you notice he doesn't come back alone. Uh, look at verse 14. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So when he comes back to the earth, and again, he does come back to fight this battle of Armageddon, which uh, we won't go into this morning. But that's the first time he comes back to the earth, but he doesn't come alone. Who are these people that comes with him? said the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses. And I, I know I bring this out a lot, but look how they were dressed. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's the armies that's going to come with him when he comes back to the earth for the first time. But now go back in this chapter 19 to verse 7. Now what we have in... so. What we read in Revelation there, that's when he comes back to the earth. We're going to back up just a little bit before he comes back to the earth while he's still in glory. And there's something that takes place at that time. And we're going to see what that is. In, in 19 and 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in, listen to this, fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Of course, our righteousness is in him. But you see how they're dressed? And that's exactly who comes back with him. When we read it over in, in, in verse 14, the armies that are in heaven... Follow him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So before he comes back to this earth, we have the marriage of the bride and the groom in glory. And she's clothed in fine linen, white and clean. She comes back with him when he comes back first to the earth. So the bride already had to be taken out. She had to be taken out before. And this marriage in in, in heaven takes place. And then, I don't know how long a period of time, but after that, then he comes back to the earth. But she comes with him. Uh, so, now, again, when he comes back, he comes back to fight this battle of Armageddon. But she was taken out before. She doesn't go through the great tribulation. The bride doesn't. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation 3. And of course these letters to the churches... This is addressed to Philadelphia, but it was to the other churches as well as to us in this day and age. But let's read what he had to say here in verse 10. 
in Revelation 3 and 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. This, is, this hour, this is the great tribulation period. And he says, I'm going to keep thee from it. His bride will not go through a great tribulation. Uh, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. But he's going to keep her from this hour of great tribulation. Verse 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crowns. And then uh, uh, 11, uh, well, uh, that was 11. Uh, let me read it again. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast. Let no man take thy crowns. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him a new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. I kind of I thought it once and I forgot about it. But in verse 12, uh, so he's talking to this church here. And uh, he said, yeah, I'll come quickly. But he that overcometh, well, how are we overcomers? Well, we're overcomers in Christ. It's not the things that we do. But he said, uh, and I, I hadn't seen this until I studied this time on this rapture. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. So, you know, we go in and out of the temple. But this time, when the bride is taken out, it says she'll, she'll go, but she'll not go out anymore. It says, I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven. I was going to bring a... Uh, Oh, you know, little name cards they give you when you uh, uh, go to different events and everything. And uh, that would give you certain rights to go certain places or something like that. Maybe a security card or something like that might be a better way to look at it. A security card that will let you in certain places. Well, this one here, they're given, the bride's given a security card. said, uh, He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. Live in the temple with our Lord in this new Jerusalem. Go no more out. It's not like you're in captivity that, that you don't want. You would never want to leave there. So they go no more out. Uh, so again, this is uh, uh, what he says here to, to this church of Philadelphia and in, to all the churches and to us today as well. So we can see the bride. He's going to make overcomers and go into the temple and in this new Jerusalem and go out no more. I, just, I hadn't seen that before. But now in the second chapter of Revelation, and uh, so, so what we just read there 
Do you think that these are going to go through the Great Tribulation? Doesn't sound like it to me. So now, uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20. This is message to Thyatira and to the other churches and to us. It's for our learning and our admonition. So Revelation 2 and 20. Notwithstanding. Uh, well, I can read verse 19. I know thy works and love and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding. I have a few things against thee. What would he possibly have against the church? Because thou allowest that woman Jezebel, who called herself a prophetess, to teach and to, to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now we can study about Jezebel and everything. This is not literal, not a <coughs> literal... Uh, fornication with her, but it's a spiritual thing. It, it, she, she's uh, uh, to teach and seduce with her doctrine. And it says, and to commit fornication. And to eat things sacrificed to idols. And it says, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication. And she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. So this is uh, not a free will thing. Some the Lord calls us to repent from their deeds. Some will not. The ones that repent from their deeds they'll be taken out in the bride. The ones that are not will go into great tribulation. And, and let, me, let me state it this way. This helps me. So they've committed adultery and fornication. These are not virgins. That makes a, a very important point. They're, they are not virgins. Uh, Let's see. I kind of lost my place there. Uh, go down to verse 24. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and who have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you no other burden. They're not going to go through tribulation. But that which ye have already hold fast, Till I come. And he that overcometh, and the Lord's the one that makes us overcomers, it's not up to us, it's just a fact. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And I believe that's speaking about the uh, millennial reign. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. 
This is the ones that are overcomers. This is the ones that have not committed adultery with Jezebel, with those doctrines. He says, I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So, the virgins will make up the bride. Those that have committed adultery, and again, he's, he's writing to the church. Or one of the churches in particular. And they will be committed adultery with the doctrines of Jezebel. They won't be looking, they won't be completely faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be lusting after something else, the doctrines of Jezebel, and it even mentions Satan there. But the virgins will make up the bride or be candidates from the bride. But here it says, uh, so these ones, some go to great tribulation, and others, I'll give them the morning star. Go to Isaiah chapter 26. I just, I, this in Isaiah 26, just a uh, couple of verses covers a lot of time. Isaiah uh, 26. So this describes what we're going to read here. Uh, it, it's prophecy, of course, but it's describing the rapture, it's describing the tribulation period, and it's describing the millennial reign here in just a few short verses. So, uh, Isaiah 26, and let's start in verse 16. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. As a woman with child who draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain, and crieth out with her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together, with my dead body, so shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For the dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So we can look at verse uh, 19 there, and 19 and 20, certainly as the rapture. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Uh, with my dead body shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For the dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So I certainly believe that's talking about uh, the, the rapture. And also verse 20, listen to verse 20. And, and when I read verse 20, think of what we read in Song of Solomon's. But verse 20, come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut the doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation is past. 
So see, that's a, a, a wonderful picture of him calling out his bride, calling him out this earth be, right before the great tribulation period. So he calls him out, this gentle call. Again, he's not coming with his eyes of flame and fire. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut the doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. And that indignation, uh, I believe, is seven, seven uh, years of great tribulation. That she's taken away, the bride is taken away from that. She's called out from that. Now, so that's, that's him calling out of his bride for a period of time during this great tribulation. And now then we see this great tribulation pictured in verse 21. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So you see verse 20, him calling out his bride. And in verse 21, that is a great tribulation period. And then after the great tribulation period, is over, what do we have then? Well, then we have the millennial reign. I believe uh, chapter 27, verse 1, really is, is uh, alluding to that. In that day, the Lord, with his hard and great and strong sword, shall punish Levithan, the piercing servant, even Levithan, that crooked servant. And he shall slay the sea monster that is in the sea. So I believe this, see, we have the... Uh, calling out the bride. We have the great tribulation. At the end of that tribulation, we have the thousand-year millennial reign when Satan is in bondage and imprisoned. So I think just a few verses there covers a long period of time. But I think we can see from that, it goes along with the other things we've looked at. He takes his bride out. That indignation of be passed. And then we have that great tribulation. And then we have the millennial reign. Uh, I see we're out of time. Uh, I wanted to go to Thessalonians, but we'll just we'll just have to stop there. We'll we'll stop there. I believe that's a good place to stop. Actually, uh, it, it shows uh, the bride taken out. It shows the great tribulation. Shows the millennial reign, but. What I'd like to look at next is proof that the bride cannot go through the Great Tribulation. We've seen it here, but I think we can see it. Uh, we can dig a little more and see, yeah, it'd be, it'd be impossible for the bride to go through this indignation. We see it hinted and spoken about and everything, but we'll, we can show where it, it's... It's uh, impossible for her to go through it. Now, there's different beliefs on this. There's people that believe in what they call pre-tribulation, that the bride's taken out. That's certainly what I believe, and I think we can prove it next week. Some believe it's mid-tribulation, the rapture, because the first three and a half years aren't going to be as bad. Now, it's going to get bad, but not compared to the last three and a half years. So some people think that the rapture is mid-tribulation. And some people believe it's the end of Great Tribulation. And, and I think we can prove beyond any doubt that the bride is taken out uh, before the Great Tribulation. That's what we've seen so far, but we've got more proof that 
lets us know that she has to be taken out before. No way she can be left to go through that. Again, we've had a, a lot of things pointing to that, but Lord willing, uh, next week we'll, we'll can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.